Hello there and welcome to this episode of V for Various. My name is Tim Prevett and this is a series, this first series of V for Various of interviews which formerly went out during the days of Redshift Radio, which is now Redshift Online. So please disregard any references to Redshift Radio, dates and forthcoming events. In this episode of V for Various, we travel back in time to July 2013 when I got the chance to interview Colin Baker, the actor who played the sixth Doctor. This was an opportunity I couldn't miss when there was a chance to cover on someone else's show and one of the Doctors was a phoning guest. I was very nervous interviewing Colin, a Doctor, from when I was 12 years old, but he was a complete gentleman and made it very easy for me. Obviously, all the dates in this episode are years ago now, so don't go turning up anywhere on the dates mentioned, but do keep an eye out for Colin's appearances via his website, colinbakeronline.com. I am very delighted to have on the phone with me uh, Colin Baker. It's good afternoon, Colin. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with Redshift this afternoon. A very great pleasure. Indeed. I hope things are beautiful up in Liverpool, as they are in Buckinghamshire, where I am at the moment. Indeed. Well, we're actually just a little bit down the road in Crewe, you know, um, from Liverpool. Who are you? Indeed. Did, did... Oh, I'm very fond of Crewe. Excellent. It's nice to hear yes, it. Yes, I've appeared at the theatre there many times. Oh, the Lyceum, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all about a quarter of a half a mile away from here. And did you know, taking it immediately in a Doctor Who direction, is that the TARDIS in one of the, uh, it was the Angels Take Manhattan with <laughs> Matt Smith, there was a little yeah. pl- a plaque shown on the TARDIS on the console that said Rolls-Royce Motors Crew. I think it there was- you are, Crew has been in the TARDIS. Indeed, indeed. so there's a good Whovian link there for Crew. Brilliant. S- excellent. So you're coming up to the Wirral on Saturday to a thing called Spaceport. Tell us what you're going to be doing at Spaceport on Saturday. Well, I'm going to be basically saying hello and meeting people and signing all Photographs and uh, you know, joining in the fun. I've never been to Spaceport. I'm told it's a great attraction, so I'm looking forward to it enormously. And it's going to be a, a Doctor Who day. The uh, there's a great bunch of fans called the uh, um, oh, I've forgotten what they're called. <laughs> anyway, they're coming. The, the Hyde fundraisers. That's right. That's what. Yeah. Uh, based in Hyde in Cheshire. Okay. And uh, they're going to be bringing loads of Daleks and Cybermen and costumes, and they've got a huge collection. So there'll be all sorts of um, monsters and aliens walking around, hopefully not being attacked by young children, because <laughs> um, despite the fact that they're fearsome on television, um, the people wearing the costumes are a little more vulnerable. Indeed. <laughs> I, I, I have seen Daleks at a model festival and crew previously trying to be uh, pushed over. Thankfully, um, <laughs> security uh, prevented it before it happened. So it sounds like it's going to be a very good photo opportunity on Saturday. Good to, time to chat a mix with fellow fans as well as yourself? Are yes, there... um, <clears throat> before it all starts on Saturday morning, I'm, I'm meeting uh, 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 some children, uh, because the, the charity that they're raising money for on Saturday is Mencap. Okay. So there's, um, there are some children there that I'm going to have the opportunity to meet before we get started, which I'm looking forward to. And so if people are needing to know more information about Saturday, you can go to spaceport.org.uk, and that's at Seacom up on the Wirral. And all details, it's a well-laid-out website, it's very clear, all the details about Saturday are on there. Okay, so should we have some Doctor Who questions for you? If that's no, okay. go on. Excellent. Spaceport's aimed at um, sort of science and 
physics and astronomy exploration. Has there been any cause, uh, any evidence that Doctor Who gets children thinking more about astronomy and science and, and thinking, making leaps from the imaginable to the unimaginable and vice versa? You know, I don't know the answer to that question, whether there has <laughs> ever been anything. <clears throat> I know that various science fiction authors have written stuff that have subsequently uh, proved to be true, but I don't know whether Doctor Who has ever trailblazed. Okay. We certainly got, haven't got any um, time travel yet. Well, we have, but it's only in one direction. And that's forward. Yes, early. yes, the arrow of time, bless it. <laughs> yes. In doing some research for this afternoon's show, I was very intrigued to see some of your attributed to you, some discussion about the the sixth doctor's costume and that you would pref would have preferred to have a different costume than the one provided for you. But you wanted a more black velvet cloth um, clothed to doctor? Well the, the costume when they asked me what kind of costume I wanted to wear when they offered me the part um, I had to think about it and came back with the suggestion. Well, I, what I described was exactly the costume that uh, Chris Eccleston got. Okay. I.e., a long black coat, a nice dark costume, because it struck me that the Doctor might want occasionally to pass unnoticed. Yes. And disappear into the background. <laughs> so, having listened to my reasoned argument about that, they then presented me with what looks like an explosion in a rainbow factory. Um, that multicoloured thing, it was very much of its time, you know, it was the 80s, it was glam rock and all that. So I suppose the producer who made the decision wanted the Doctor's costume to reflect the, you know, the ethos of the time. And, the, and popular music and things like that dictated that it should be very colourful. <laughs> Indeed, yes, the 80s, my word. I was, I think, 12 when I watched your um, Regeneration from Peter Davison, um, yeah. and, and yes, I remember the, the fashion at the time, very much so. Now, we have a question on Redshift's Facebook page, is, it's, um, have you ever got to keep any of the props or things from the set of Doctor Who during your tenure? Yes, I, did, I didn't keep enough, really, because if I'd realised, you know, <laughs> w w what a, a market there is, I've seen stuff being auctioned for huge sums of money, and most of it was just tipped into you know, waste uh, buckets at the end, you know, all those props were just trashed. If somebody had had the foresight to keep them, and if somebody had had the foresight to keep the episodes they wiped of of Patrick Troughton and William Hartnell... Oh, no. Um, you know, th th that would have been phenomenal, because you know, there's a huge demand for those. Um, but I did keep... I've got the costume, which I had to keep at home. The producer asked me to keep it at home, because stuff was disappearing from the BBC wardrobe. Oh, no. Um, keen fans with a larcenous nature would get jobs at the BBC and then stuff would, would vanish. A Dalek vanished overnight once <laughs> oh, from the studio. This show that we're on at the moment, I'm looking after it for somebody else, the usual presenter's away, and it's called the Midweek Uplift, and it looks to be positive and the sort of things that the challenges and difficulties that life can throw at us. And reading through a bit more about your biography, speaking of something difficult and challenging, when, uh, when Michael Grade took over the BBC and made it clear that he would uh, like you removed from the role of Doctor Who, that must have been perhaps quite a challenging moment for you, but you've turned it into an enormous positive and a very interactive and well-loved and well-known within the science fiction and Doctor Who fan scene. How did it feel when you realised that you had to leave the role and then you took it and made it much more positive, what many people might have taken as an enormous rejection and thought, oh... Well, I'm naturally a glass-half-full person rather than a half-empty person, and I made the foolish mistake when I was asked how long I'd like to play the part for of saying I'd like to beat Tom Baker's record of seven years. And <laughs> I should have looked upwards because that Monty Python foot 
was waiting up there to go splat, right. which it did yeah. in the form of Michael Grade turning up at the BBC, who who was on record of not as not being very fond of Doctor Who as a programme, let alone was it whatever he thought of me, and I don't know what that was. So he came, and he first of all he axed it, and then uh, after the furore, he had to bring it back again. So then he he issued the order that I should be replaced. Time for a new Doctor. And that interrupted my plan for world domination, but, uh, you know, maybe he did me a favour, because maybe I would have stayed doing it for far too long. And it does turn out that three years seems to be the optimum, so I did my three. Uh, I've had a perfectly good career since, and the Doctor Who fans have always been very generous. Um, and I've been doing a lot of audio uh, adventures for a company called Big Finish that released Doctor Who stories, new Doctor Who stories, on audio. And we all do them. Peter does them, Sylvester does them, Paul McGann, and now Tom Baker has started doing them too. And they're, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're fully rehearsed and performed stories on audio, which is the perfect medium for science fiction, of course. Because if you describe a monster, e each listener hears the thing that they are scared by the most. And that kept the program going from uh, uh, after Sylvester through to, the, to it coming back again. So during that time, I've gone to various conventions and... And, you know, the, the fans love the programme, so Indeed, I've been yes. privileged and able to give something back to them, like I'll be doing on Saturday when I come up to uh, Spaceport. And you get to see your colleagues that you worked with over the years. I was, I was looking around Nicola Bryant's website, who played Perry Brown, your assistant, and like, she's still quite busy on the convention scene, and you've got some gigs, as it were, lined up with her later in the year. Yes, uh, all of us, you know, turn up when we can. Uh, and I've even been going over to America this year to conventions over there because it's being the 50th anniversary, there's an awful lot going on. Because it's, it is quite remarkable that any programme could still be on television 50 years after it started, producing constantly new stories and new ideas, and the writers are just getting better and better and better. Yes, it's yes. it's remarkable, and I it's lovely to meet all the actors that I've worked I worked with in the 80s and the ones who've done it before and since. Um, I was doing something last week with Peter Davison and David Tennant, which, you know, we, we were able to have a good old chat. Mm -hmm. it, it's, uh, it's a nice club to belong to. Uh, it goes right back into my childhood, and for so many people, it starts in their childhood, and it's Doctor Who is almost like a lifelong friend. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Lots of young people who, <clears throat> excuse me, in later years, have confided in me that Doctor Who, uh, on television, helped them get through difficult times. Uh, in their lives at school, and I've heard stories of people who, you know, were, ha were unhappy at school and used to go and watch Doctor Who and immerse themselves in that imaginary world where there was somebody good yes. who looked after the weak and the helpless. And it's a, it's a classic scenario over years and years and years. You know, in fiction there have been these heroes that, that you know, we like to think might exist. And Doctor Who is one of them. Now, speaking of one of them, you have done an enormous amount of stuff besides Doctor Who. Any particular highlights you'd like to mention? There's obviously the celebrity jungle, um, Get Me Out of Here, <laughs> um, which is quite current. Do you want to make any comments about that? That was a fantastic experience. I'm not sure it was something I'd have done when I was in my 20s or 30s, because uh, uh, <clears throat> I am arguably at the end of my career. I, I should certainly have retired in any other job. Um, so... It couldn't damage me as an actor going into the jungle and doing this reality show. And I thought, what an opportunity to meet the heavyweight boxer, a darts champion, as it turned out, and an MP and all sorts of people, and be thrown together in a situation where you've 
you know, got to relate to each other and talk to each other. And I lost a lot of weight too, which was, which was, it was remarkable. Helpful. It was a great experience. And not that I would necessarily want to do it again, but I don't regret for a second having done it. Is it engineered to be as perhaps, um, perhaps divisive, if that's the right word, as it could appear? Or I suspect um, in the past they have succeeded in making people fall out. Because yes. when you're hungry and tired and your sleep patterns are being disturbed by having to go and talk to you know, people who are asking questions like, are you annoyed with so-and-so because they did this? Well, you must feel a bit cross because you haven't got any food. <laughs> and this time there was a load of people who were among the most tolerant people I've ever met. And we actually got on well. And afterwards, the programme producers told us that at first they were worried that we were all getting on so well. But the viewing figures went consistently up, and it was the second most popularly watched of all the series they've ever done, which proves you don't have to have people being horrible in order to attract viewers. Absolutely. Um, Redshift Radio, a not-for-profit good news local radio station, so yes, we're all for being positive and actually demonstrating that being positive is more successful than being yeah. negative. Okay. I, I agree with that concept. I was very amused to uh, read of your competition when you were part of Top Gear and you had to race uh, a, a Cyberman. Back yeah. in, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, that was, that was a, a little frustrating for me. Okay, oh, Because uh, I, I had to, I mean, it's the usual thing where you go over a, you know, a course on Top Gear and, uh, I mean, it was quite amusing that the Dalek couldn't even get in the car and therefore was disqualified. Um, but I suspect that inside the Cyberman costume was not someone who's played a Cyberman, but someone of a Stig-like nature. Right. Some, yeah. um, so I, I was, in fact, I can't remember whether I was beaten by Cy a Cyberman or Darth Vader, but whoever it was, um, <laughs> they were certainly not actors. They were definitely drivers. And uh, I felt it wasn't a level playing field. Right. But I did quite well. I was quite pleased with it. So you've got a very good website. Where would people find your website? Because it's got details of your appearances and conventions that you're at around the world. Yes, I've got a brilliant website, which my friend Rob Cope runs for me. It's Doctor Who, uh, it's not, it's Colin Baker Online. Colin Baker Online. If you search that, you get on my website, it tells you exactly where I'm going to be, what I'm doing, and there's loads of stuff, pictures and things about what I've done in the past, and occasionally I do a blog when I have time. Yep. In fact, I'm due to do one, so you've just reminded me. Thank you very I, much. I must do an instant <laughs> blog. You're welcome, Colin. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I was curious about your Twitter handle. Is at Sawbones Hex, that is you, is that not? I am on Twitter. Yeah. And it is at Sawbones Hex and as well. Is there, is there a some story? Some people get it straight away and others struggle to know why. Right. I don't get it. Did, are you happy to reveal on air or do you want people to go yes, and look I'm out for Yes, I'm very happy to reveal on air. <laughs> um, I, I'll see if I can tease it out of you. Um, do you watch Star Trek? I do. What do they call the Doctor in Star Trek? Okay, yeah, Bones in the original series, yep. What, uh, say it? Bones, Bones McCoy, yep. yep. Which is short for Sawbones, because on ships, and uh, the Enterprise is a ship, the Doctors were always called Sawbones, because uh -huh. that's what they used to do, Sawbones. So Sawbones became a, a slang word for Doctors back in the 18th century. And it's carried on since, and they still use it in the Navy. They call the Doctor's Bones. Wow! So that's Sawbones, and Hex, um, what's a hexagon? That's sides does it have? Oh, you, you challenge me. Um, is it six? Oh, six. Yeah, yeah. Go. So Hex is, is the Greek for six. So Sawbones Hex is my pun on the Sixth Doctor. Is that how many sides on some of the TARDIS consoles as well, isn't it, I think? 
Uh, it might be. I think that's more of an octagon, actually, but okay. there you are. What oh. do I know? Okay. Thank you, you, you very much, Colin. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I've learned that, actually. That's a really interesting sword <laughs> I'm, I'm quite a big Trekkie as well. In, in the days before Jordan, I used to do a lot of Trek conventions. Um, that, that's good to know. Now, yeah, that's why they call him Bones. Bones McCoy, Leonard. Right, okay. I'm, I'm educated. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and, right, so there are conventions. Um, we're primarily broadcasting to South Cheshire, but we have people listening in all over the place online. There's a Manchester convention later in the year in November mentioned on your website, Invasion Earth 2. You're going to be along to that? Yes, I should be in Manchester then. Can't remember the details for that one. Listen, it's, it's, it's Sunday the 17th of November, that's it. Yep. At uh, the Days Hotel in Manchester. It's called Invasion Earth. Invasion Earth, that sounds really cool. And I shall be there, yes. Uh, anything you would like to add, uh, Colin, before we, we send you off into, into the time vortex? I shall be appearing in New Brighton in November. Right. Which isn't too far away. Indeed, up on the Wirral again. Where I'm doing um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. And they're having guest book uh, people, because the book is, is read. And they're having, each week they're having a different person doing it. And I'm doing a stint that starts in New Brighton in, uh, on the 13th of November. Okay. If people want to come to that. And the details of that will be on your website and the events page? Eventually, yes. Okay. But they'll certainly be on the... Uh, I don't know what the name of the theatre is in New Brighton. It'll it'll be on that though. I'll go and have a quick look one, once we finish, and I'll I'll follow up the conversation afterwards. I'm just doing one final check on social media, see if there's anybody asking any questions. I can't see who it's from, but it says was Colin a fan before becoming the Doctor Who, and also since. So are you were you a fan of Doctor Who before you were a Doctor, and are you still a fan of of Doctor Who? I suppose because I watch it regularly um, uh, whenever I was free, because. Bear in mind, when Doctor Who was on, I was working as an actor, and, and there, were, there were no video recorders in those days, so I missed an awful lot of the, yeah. uh, of the Troutons and Pertwees and Toms, because I would be doing a matinee followed by an evening performance of a, of a show in the theatre. But whenever I was free, I always, always watched Doctor Who. And this last season, uh, because I haven't been around on Saturdays, I've recorded all of them and haven't watched them yet. So that's something I've got to do if ever I get a free day, which doesn't happen very often. Being a doctor is, um, has kept you very busy indeed. you all over it the place. Has. Well, thank you very much, Colin, for spending the time with us here on Redshift this afternoon. been great talking to you. And thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you very much. Good luck on Saturday, and thank you very much, Colin. OK. Thanks, Ben. Bye-bye. Wow, there we go. Interview with a Time Lord and Colin Baker. Thank you very much, Colin. I will go and chase up some of the entities' questions. Now, one of the very excellent things about Colin's tenure as the Doctor between 1984 and 86 is, in my opinion, Colin had the very best version of the Doctor Who theme tune that has not been beaten before or since. It is stunning. I was delighted when I was preparing for the show this afternoon here at Redshift. There are two versions of the Doctor Who theme tune here and we've got the one if you're enjoying v for various please be sure to subscribe to keep an ear out for the variety of old radio shows being edited for podcasts and future series which will go who knows where thank you this is tim previtt you can find me on most social media and if you need to get in touch it's tim at gmail.com thank you <laughs> <laughs>